Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of What Makes Them Tip. I am Jeff Ford and I am grateful to be with you once again to have some fascinating conversations with some fascinating people about their business and what it is that they're doing to innovate and do things differently. What has made them successful? And hopefully we'll be able to find some nuggets of of information that you'll be able to use to advance your own uh, business and careers as we go through today. I'm very excited to bring you our guest today. She is the founder and CEO of HNM Systems, and her name is Heather Moyer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you so much for having me. Well, we are grateful to have you here. Now, tell us first, before we get started, what is HNM? Tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there. Absolutely. So HNM Systems is a relentlessly people-driven staffing and consulting firm. We serve the telecommunications, the utility, and IT sectors nationwide. We have uh, roughly employees in 26 states currently and expect to be in all 50 states in the next couple of years. That's fantastic. And now, so you guys have been, how long have you been doing this with H&M? When did you found this company? Yeah, thanks for asking. We have a very exciting birthday coming up. So we will celebrate our 10th anniversary in April of this coming year. That's great. Congratulations. That's huge. That's a milestone. It really is. Yeah. I mean, for an entrepreneur to have the business and, and to be successful and to really grow and thrive for a decade, it's a big milestone. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk about how you got there. So uh, so before you started at H&M, what were you doing? Great question. So, you know, I have a long trail of entrepreneur itch in my background. You know, I was absolutely that little girl who used to make her own jewelry and put it on a table and sell it in front of the grocery store before the age of 10. Um, so I was always looking for an opportunity to create and innovate and really always enjoyed doing that. I had a really unique opportunity when I was in college to intern at a dot-com and not to give away my age, but it was 2001. So it was a very interesting time to be in the dot-com industry. Mm. And I was, I joined a student loan consolidation company through a family connection. And I was one of the, probably the first dozen employees there. And I stayed four years, just created a, a great opportunity and internship there And by the end of my tenure, we had sold very successfully to a large financial institution. So I was able to see the business go from something very small, literally a business plan written on the back of a napkin. And I was mentored by just really dynamic entrepreneurs and um, really had a great experience there. From there, I was recruited. You know, when they sold the business, I had an opportunity. 
did I want to stay and become part of a big corporation or did I want to go back through the entrepreneur's journey and kind of start again? So I chose the latter, not surprisingly, and was recruited to join a staffing company here in San Diego. That company focused in automotive finance, IT, so technology, but we served all of the major automotive manufacturers. Okay. So left the dot-com, went over to the staffing company and, you know, had a really successful path there. Really just had a lot of autonomy, um, was really empowered by that owner and over a six-year period ended up becoming the president of that organization. So took it from something very small to eight figures, um, was very young, you know, was 26 years old. Great. Yeah. 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 Was working way too much. Still do. Um, you know, on four airplanes a year, just just a really, really unique opportunity, but really challenging and difficult as well. Then there was this time where I was trying to decide, was I going to stay the course and take that business to 50 or 100 million? Or was I going to go out on my own? And as I do, I had said to myself, okay, I need a sign. I need God to write it on the wall. What should I do here? And so for anyone who knows or has been to San Francisco International Airport more than twice, they've likely been fogged in there. So I was, of course, fogged in at SFO. I met a really intelligent uh, post-grad mechanical engineer from Stanford who runs an engineering company here in San Diego. And he started talking to me about all things mobility. So he started talking to me about at that point, what were called macro wireless systems. He had actually built, I think, one of the first outdoor systems here in San Diego in 1998. And after hours of sitting in the airport and uh, talking on the airplane, he kind of just piqued my interest about mobility and what was happening and, and kind of getting my feet wet into that. So went back, um, you know, got his contact information and kind of spent the next 12 months really researching and looking at was there an opportunity for a staffing company to really disrupt and innovate this wireless and wireline space. And ultimately, I decided yes, and uh, initially went into partnership with him and another partner to start this business. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason. And uh, it sounds like you are too, at least when you uh, just were waiting for that sign and, and you get, I mean, everybody gets fogged in in San Francisco, as you said, <laughs> but I mean, just the, the way things come together sort of cosmically there, it's, it's pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to being open to possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll talk a lot about that probably in this podcast. Yeah. That's what I was going to actually ask you next. So what, uh, if, because I I tend to talk to a lot of people who have that there's that moment where they were doing something for a long time and they and they it's not that they didn't like it but it's just at some point something happens and and they're now they're off in another direction um yeah and you were you were looking for that so what was what what kind of advice would you give someone who's who's maybe at that point right now who was sitting there you know kind of at the that crossroads where you were waiting for that sign, what what piece of advice would you give them if they're in that same boat? Yeah, that's a great question. 
First, I'll go back to being open to all possibility. So making sure that you don't leave any stones unturned as far as what you're looking for, what your expectations are, what your personal goals are around impact. I think it's so important that you really understand what your own unique ability is and what you have to give back to the world and really the impact that you can make for other people. Really, that was such a motivator for me in making the change. I didn't want to just start a company in an industry that was going to be lucrative. I wanted to flip the staffing model upside down, whereas Mm -hmm. our employees had a home base and were the number one priority of the company. And so I built all of our benefits models. I built all of our sales models all around the employee. And, you know, when I opened up and said, we are relentlessly people driven, it's because we make all of the decisions that we make with our employees in mind. And that has served our employee and that has served our business. That's great. And so, uh, well, I mean, you may have answered the question, but, uh, but uh, I was going to ask next. So now that you have been doing this for 10 years, uh, how are you guys? So you guys have a specific niche kind of like in that t- telecommunication IT. It's not just staffing anything. It's like th- these are the types of jobs. Um, how are you innovating in that space? Or were you like the first ones really to do it in that area? Uh, we were not the first ones, but I would say we were early to the race for sure. Um, I think there's an opportunity to innovate at all times. I think the global pandemic has been a great example of an opportunity to innovate. Mm. In this past year, we have faced so much adversity and change and challenge. And there have certainly been times where fear ensued. But thanks to a lot of my own personal development and work, some great mentorship and coaching, I have been able to shift that mindset really from fear to opportunity. And those opportunities to really be honest and vulnerable with myself and my teammates is really the breeding ground for innovation and creativity. that's very much uh, true to what Brene Brown says all the time. So um, it's just a, it's a great breeding ground for that. Specifically in the last 12 months, you know, the unemployment rate was the highest it's been, right? Mm. So 15% at one time. And I'm in a, I'm in the staffing business. So obviously that's a a very scary time. Sure. Um, We build wireless networks outdoors and we have been through a shelter in place. So that's Mm -hmm. extremely challenging. And I really was faced with the challenge and the opportunity of, are you going to survive or are you going to thrive? And I I had to wake up every morning and say, are you going to survive or are you going to thrive? And so really looking at, okay, this happened. I can't control it. In the short term, it's going to negatively impact the business, but in the long term, what can I create that's sustainable, that is reliable, and that not just pandemic, but that is recession proof or, you know, any kind of, you know, difficult scenario. What can I create for the business that's sustainable that can help us? Yeah, that uh, there's a lot of that going around last year, it seems like. There's a lot of oh people trying to figure out and and just really doing massive U-turns sometimes in Deciding, like, how do we do business now? It's a t- it's a totally different world in which we're doing 
business. And I can't even imagine, yeah, from a staffing perspective, uh, when your whole job is em- employing people, <laughs> getting people employed, and uh, you know, you hear all around the country, people are getting laid off or furloughed. And I work uh, a couple of different jobs. And in one of mine, they they let me go. It was at a radio station that I was working at. And there just yeah. aren't enough, you know, there wasn't enough to go around. So yeah, I, yeah being a staff, so what would you say was, was the key to that then? What, what was the, how, how did you, uh, I mean, how do you tell your employees like that it's going to be okay and what are we going to do? Here's what we're going to do to fix this and go forward. Yeah. There were a couple different phases. Um, I started by saying exactly what you just said, which is, this is scary, but we're going to be okay. Mm. And the way that we're going to be okay is we're going to see opportunity in this really difficult time. The first phase was really picking up the phone and calling our customers and calling our suppliers and saying, okay, here we are. What does it look like? How can we help you? How can we support you? How can we take care of you? And how can we take care of our people? And that was so natural for me. And that was just human nature, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We received so much feedback from our customers and our suppliers that we were one of the only people that called and had that conversation. Wow. That, that wasn't saying, hey, are you going to pay your bills? Hey, are we going to get any more work? We didn't have those conversations. We just said, this is tough. How are you? How can we help? What can we do? And we meant it. So I think you know, authenticity, vulnerability, having difficult conversations, being a real human being, those were all really impactful in the first phase. In the second phase, when we realized that we were nowhere near the end of this, we started looking at how can we add value in this marketplace differently? The work isn't going to go away. Lucky for us, we had some essential industries. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to make sure that people were connected, that the infrastructure was supported, you know, that the utility was working. So how can we still serve the greater market by what we're doing in a different way? So that was kind of phase two and shifting the business. And I would say we're in phase three now, which is delivery of those new divisions, uh, new solutions, and really a totally different organization than wow. what it was 12 months ago. That's crazy. Well, being able to turn on a dime like that is is obviously the key. And it sounds like you guys obviously uh, found a, a way to do that, which is fantastic. But so pandemic aside, though, you guys have been doing this for 10 years and uh, that's huge. So what do you think was the your company's tipping point towards success? Like, what is it that... At what point were you like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what we're doing. Like, this is working. What, what, yeah. When did you feel that? I think there were a couple different times I felt we've made it. The first point was the opportunity to buy out our investors, that we were so financially sound and debt-free and in a position where we no longer needed investment. That was the first moment where I felt we got this. That's so that was cool. a big yeah. tipping point for us. That's and big. part of that is just self-confidence, confidence in the business, confidence in the leadership team that you hired, and you know, being financially prudent about the decisions that you're making. So that was the first big tipping point. The second one, I would say, was an aha moment where 
for whatever reason, I looked at our revenues and recognized that we had some really significant customer concentration problems. That's not a good place for any business to be. And what I realized in that moment was we no longer had to consolidate, constrict, bootstrap. We really were a real organization that could serve many customers nationwide. And so I deployed, I read a great book called Predictable Revenue. I deployed a whole new sales process that was really focused and targeted around customer diversification and customer success. And when I say customer success, I mean the success of our customers instead of just the success of our business. Mm -hmm. And that was a big tipping point for us. And then again, in the last 12 months, I started several new divisions of the organization, which are, you know, consulting divisions where we're self-performing within the industry to make sure that we could perform the work that our customers needed under these new specifications and regulations where we're still creating a safe work environment for our staff. That's great. And what kind of, I, I guess, uh, can you share some some of the success stories that you've had as a result of some of these uh, things that you've done so far? I mean, obviously from the pan, I mean, it already sounds like from the pandemic, that's huge. Like, yeah. that's a big yeah. change. But just uh, other successes that you've you've had from in, bringing out about these invitation, <laughs> invitations, yeah, innovations. I'm trying to say, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've recently been on the Inc. 5000 list. So for two years in a row, we've had some really explosive growth. We've uh, impacted the company's revenue or increased the company's revenue by 25 times since the inception of the business. Um, You know, there's just, we're seeing all of the, the fruits of our labor really from a revenue standpoint, from a um, employee satisfaction standpoint, from a recognition standpoint. You know, we've been recognized as one of the top staffing suppliers here locally in San Diego, also nationwide, like I said, with Inc. 5000. So we're seeing a lot of the accolades. I would say that for me, the most meaningful we've made it moments or the most meaningful feedback that I get is really from our employees. You know, it's that email that you get from the engineer that says, I had three kids and I didn't know if I was going to be able to feed them next month. Mm. And now I can, because your staff took the time to coach me, support me, place me and take care of me. Those are the stories. Those are the meaningful stories for me. Yeah, that's huge. And that um it's funny you said that because that was my very next question was you guys are you your entire business again is around employees and you've talked about how people driven you are. Tell me a little bit about the culture inside the company. Like what's what's your employee engagement culture like? Yeah. Employee engagement is great. Um, our company's North Star is to impact 3 million people. So our goal is to positively impact and transform the lives of 3 million people. So mm-hmm. my people operations staff, which is what we call HR here, is focused on looking at what the indicators are for positive transformation and positive impact to individuals, whether that be our employees, their family members, people who listen to this podcast, you know, people who took something positive away from their experience and interaction with the business. Um, So we're looking at tools and technologies to be able to do that. The culture is really a selfless, people-driven, agile 
culture. We are looking to make a significant impact to the people that work with, for, and, uh, you know, in, in our industry and also just in the world. It sounds like it. It sounds like a great place to work. I may have to, I like maybe I should think about a career change and, and see what you guys <laughs> got going on over there. No, it does sound like a great place to work. And that's obviously that's, that would be the number one thing that you would want people to think that this is a great place to work. If, if your entire business is around putting people to work. So it sounds yeah. like, it sounds yeah. like you guys have that going on. Um, so I, I do want to, to uh, I want to deviate slightly from the business and ask you something uh, sort of, well, not personal, but about your personal life, because I did look at your website and I found something fascinating, or I thought was fascinating about you. So not only are you uh, taking companies, uh, you, the company you're with, to New Heights, this new company that you've started for 10 years ago, you're taking that to New Heights, but you're also a certified tower uh, <laughs> climb and rescue. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Am I correct? So you climb these communication towers, like 2000 feet tall yes. towers yeah. that, that blows my mind. Uh, I mean, uh, to be, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous just talking about it and I'm solid on the ground right here. Yeah. Tell me how, where did that come about? Yeah. It's so funny, Jeff, because that is everyone's favorite certification I have. So I get to talk about this all the time. <laughs> when I started the business, um, I had an opportunity to work for a carrier and one of their requirements in awarding me the significant contract. And again, this was in the first 12 months of doing business was that I had to use this comm train, which is a very well-known certification in our industry. I had to get the certification myself because if I had anybody working at height, I had to be able to rescue them. Wow. So Again, uh, it was really an opportunity for me and I felt it was worth it. So I went out and bought a lot of really expensive safety climbing gear <laughs> and I went into this training course. It was me and 12 men as usual. And uh, we went and looked at this 150 foot communication tower That's and great. we spent two days climbing up and down it. and. I got to be rescued. I got to rescue. Uh, it was it was a very interesting experience. But if we go back to tipping point, there's something there because in that moment, I realized both, hey, I got this, and this is going to be a real adventure. <laughs> and so, so, so you've got the certification, um, and and so these, but these are the types of jobs that you're providing for some of your employees, right? So right. you actually have experienced what the, these, these folks are doing on a daily basis, basically. Yeah. It was important to me when I started the business that I went into the field and looked at exactly what the employees were going to be doing. One, mm. because I needed to train a staff on how to recruit them and to sell the service, but also just because I think that's important. You know, you yeah. look at these undercover boss TV shows and those types of things, and I want to know what's happening out there. Yeah. Uh, we generally don't have, in full disclosure, people working at height. You know, that's okay. something that we grew out of for sure. But um, I do, I do go in the field quite a bit. You know, I, I'm out there sometimes with the ditch witch and <laughs> other crazy stuff. So, so to win the contract, you had to be 
able to go save somebody if you needed to. Now, were yeah. you the, so is everybody on your executive staff also have this or is it just you like, no, no, like, nope, we'll, we'll send Heather. If, if yeah. anybody, if anybody is in trouble, we'll just. Yeah. Well, now we have a team of field managers. So we okay. have project and construction managers who have all their certifications. But yeah, at that point, you know, I was the OSHA expert. I was the tower climber. I was the CEO. I was the janitor. That's, I was the account table. And that's the truth of entrepreneurship. You're, you do it all. That's great. Well, you can hire somebody to help you. And there's a great parallel there, again, of like how you're taking your business to new heights. Uh, both both metaphorically and literally. Uh, Can I being, use that? That was by, so good. There you go. Sure. That's that's what I'm here for. Um, but no, that's I think that's just really neat. I thought that was really kind of kind of a fascinating little little thing and that uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect your company's CEO to be able to do that. That's pretty fantastic. So is that the high is that uh, were you did you ever have a problem with heights before or is this just I don't love heights. Sure. Um I wouldn't have chosen to climb the tower if it wasn't tied to a major contract, but I am very proud and glad that I did. And like I said, it's such a communication starter for us. It is. I talk about it all the time. And it shows how dedicated you are to your, to your job and you're willing to do whatever it takes to, to, to win those contracts for your employees and things like that. I think think it says a lot about you. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, So if anybody else, before we go, I want to make sure that if anybody else wanted to find out more about what you do or get in touch, like, um, what do you want to tell people about, uh, your, your website or how they can get a hold of you or what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So again, you know, we serve the telecommunications utility and it sectors. We, uh, provide talent. So talent acquisition services, that's from a contract contract to hire and a direct hire placement perspective. And we also have a consulting side of the business, uh, which was a great innovation and tipping point where we design the outdoor um, and indoor wireless backhaul to make these wireless systems work and do a lot of commercial Wi-Fi installation as well. So if you're looking for a talent agency that puts its employees first, that outperforms the industry and all of their competitors by 11% and has a really good time doing it, you should visit us. <laughs> and their website is HN. HNMsystems.com, right? That's right. H as in Heather, N as in Nancy, M as in Mark, systems.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I I, I found, I mean, it's just fabulous what you guys are doing over there. It sounds like uh, a lot of good, uh, good things. And definitely uh, if for anyone running a business to be able to learn from you guys, as far as creating that employee culture and engagement and being able to to just to turn a turn your uh, business on a dime when these types of uh, things come up, pandemic, recession, whatever it may be. Thanks for sharing that. Right. Or, Sky's the limit or the, the highest tower you can find, I guess. There you go. That's right. And uh, yeah, the sky's the limit. Nobody, uh, you can attest to that. So <laughs> I want to thank, thank you again for being on our show. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you today. You too. Thanks so much for the opportunity. No problem. And thanks to, to our listeners who uh, listen to us today. We appreciate each and every one of you. We want to make sure that we continue to provide this kind of great information to you. We hope this was helpful and we will see you guys next time on What Makes Them Tip. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.